This podcast contains material that some viewers may find distressing. If you have been affected by any of the topics discussed on this episode, you can contact Rape Crisis Network Ireland at 1800 77 8888. Welcome to the Limerick Voice podcast, brought to you by the Limerick Voice and presented by me, Lisa Divney. I'm joined by fellow Limerick Voice reporters Enya McIntyre, Aaron Dyer and Caitlin Reddy as we speak about violence against women and some of the experiences that we have gone through. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, I really appreciate it. I know it's not easy to talk about these things, but you all are here. So I'm with Caitlin Reddy, Enya McIntyre and Aaron Dyer. And we're just kind of going to discuss just like violence against women in general, like harassment, abuse, assault and some of the things that we've experienced. So thank you guys for coming. Okay, so I suppose, first of all, I think we should discuss general violence against women and how staggering the statistics are. So I think you guys might've heard of the UK statistic where it said 97% of girls between 18 and 25 have experienced sexual harassment in their time, which is obviously crazy. But I think what shocked me most is that people were shocked by this if you get me, because as a girl of 18 to 25, everyone I know has suffered something, do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, the reaction is what freaks me out the most, the reaction from males. Literally, I I seen that statistic on Twitter, and then under it, it was just screenshots and screenshots of males replying, and it was all like, this is ridiculous, no way can it be real, this is all face false allegations, some people are like, oh, I bet you feel really ugly if you're in the other 3%. And like, that's what scared me the most about that. I must say, I actually kind of had the opposite experience in that I was actually pleasantly surprised with the reaction from um, boys that I know. Even I had a friend um, text me to say that there had been instances before where, let's say, I'd be going into Limerick kind of late in the evening. We might be hanging out or whatever. And I'd be asking, like, will you come to the bus stop or whatever? Like, I don't want to walk by myself. And he actually messaged me to say, like, hey, I just want to apologize. Like, I actually never properly processed how you know scary it is for girls to have to walk alone at night. And, you know, from reading all this stuff, he was like, I'm actually realizing that, you know, this is such a real fear for girls. And I just want to apologize for not being like more kind of understanding, because I think for some boys when like, you know, their friends or like their girlfriends or whatever would be saying, oh, you walk here like collect me or do this it can kind of seem like they're almost just being like a pest or something maybe for boys because they can't relate to that fear so they think oh you're just being dramatic or like you just you just want me to come and get you but I thought it was kind of nice to hear someone say here I've actually listened to all this stuff and I completely understand your perspective now yeah the thing I noticed most is that someone posted this hashtag and it was like not all men and it trended very very quickly and you have a lot of people that I would have known saying oh I didn't realize like Enya said like men coming to terms with the fact that it might be not all men but it more than likely is all the women that you might know like it's not 97% of women in Ireland or in England it's of the world that's what the statistic is supposed to be so the likelihood like is men realizing that they do know women that have gone through this and thought about it before. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, exactly. So some of the stats that I found from Ireland were from the Central Statistics Office. And it said that 98% of suspected offenders of detected sexual violence in 2018 were men. So that's kind of a bit startling. Like it does show that men are 
you know, the prime suspects in these cases, do you know what I mean? It also said that 81% of recorded sexual assault victims were women, which is scary as well. And again, from the UK stats that came out from that report, it said obviously that 97% were aged between 18 and 25, but 80% of women among all ages had suffered some form of sexual violence in their lifetime. But I just think the, that men's reactions to it are even more startling. Just now we don't believe it. I, you know. I saw on Twitter and it was like um, this, this guy going off and he was like, well, men are afraid to walk in the dark as well. Like it's not just women. It's like, you're afraid of other men. Like you can't tell me you're afraid of a woman coming up and attacking you. Yeah. You're afraid of men. It was the same thing with the curfew. Like when that woman, I don't know her name, she quoted it in the um, the UK Parliament, whatever you call it, and she said like we should put men under curfew. They straight away took the wrong side of it and assumed that that was what she meant when in fact she just meant women are currently under a curfew and we have to live through that because we can't really go out at night without being afraid. Maybe men should feel that fear and straight away they took that as literal. They took it as face value and thought that we actually meant you should put, you shouldn't be allowed out after six. They were trying to say, what about people who work? And, you know, it just seems like in these cases, when this, these statistics come out, they very much take things at face value and they don't actually look inward. They just want to lash out and throw out different statistics to try yeah. and, I don't know, make it sound like it's better than it is or it's not on them. Yeah, because I remember I worked in River Island for a while and like sometimes, you know, the shop opens quite late and like I would always be so panicked. Like if I was on a shift that was, you know, I was working till like 10 o'clock closing or whatever, then think out like, how am I going to get home? And just be so like the thought of having to, you know, get the bus because I was living in Limerick. Like I didn't, I don't drive, like I didn't have, you know, my parents or anything around to pick me up. And it was around like the Christmas break. So a lot of my friends weren't actually up. So I was in the house alone for a start, which I was like freaked out by. And then also, you know, if I was working late, I'd have to get the bus because I felt like I'd be somewhat safer on a bus than getting a taxi by myself. I didn't feel comfortable getting a taxi by myself. But then when you get the bus, you have to consider how you're going to have to walk afterwards. And like, I'd be thinking about all these things. And it's just like, you shouldn't have to think about that, you know? Um, yeah, I saw another thing that basically said, like, women are constantly having to change their schedules like around the time of day that they can go outside like even in winter like you're the times that you can walk alone are so limited because obviously it gets dark at four o'clock and like you could say I know it's dark at seven o'clock you'll be more or less safe but like at the same time Sarah Everard who was murdered in the UK two weeks ago it was only 9 p.m when she left her house like for me I would never kind of go oh it's 9 p.m I shouldn't go outside like 9 p.m is early enough I would don't feel relatively safe going out at that time but, you know, she's not here anymore because she went out at nine o'clock. You know, whether it's bright or dark, you're still in danger no matter what the time is like. I remember um, there's a Chmore bus that goes to Waterford. It's about 30 minutes and I get it every day for placement. And every day at nine, the 9.45 bus, there was this man who was notorious for following girls off at their stop. And it became a really big issue to the point where he'd, target certain girls on the bus including myself and he'd sit behind you and he'd start kind of pulling your hair and stuff and then once he copped the stop that you were getting out of it he'd start getting up there and kind of following you so I remember it was reported to the bus drivers absolutely but there was nothing they could do like they didn't have any particular reason to say you can't get on this bus anymore so literally all of my friends have just stopped getting the 945 bus and that's 945 in the morning not 
Stephen. Yeah. Just being a woman and you're in danger. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like an automatic, like, just by default. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter anything else. Like, it's just once yeah. you're a woman, that's it. Yeah, yeah, literally. Okay, so I know you guys have some stories that you guys want to talk about. So, Caitlin, if you want to go first. Okay, I'll try to make it a bit shorter than it is. I'll give the condensed version. So it happened in Limerick. I've always gotten that Limerick train to Waterford. It only comes at certain times. So like I was well used to it. And the main point was that it was daytime. It was really bright out. I think it was at two o'clock I got this train. So I was getting on uh, Limerick station and this man approached me. I'd say he was about in his late thirties. And he was just really friendly or whatever. And my automatic response is always like, don't be rude. Like I just don't, and I don't know why that is. Is it like a fear thing that if I'm rude, then I'm scared how they'll react. I don't know. So I kind of entertained it for a minute, but like it was really harmless conversation. It was just like, um, oh, the weather's nice or whatever. And I was like, yeah, it sure is. But anyway, the train came along and although I didn't feel threatened at that point, I was like, okay, watch what cart he goes on to and just go to a completely different one. Because I didn't, there was nothing that concerned me, but even my mind was thinking, hmm, stay away from him. So anyway, he hopped on the train, I hopped on the train, that was grand. And I went down one down the very end and there was one person on with me. Um, and I was like, Brown, that's why I'm not alone in here. And I actually, I usually sit at the four with the table so I can get my laptop out, but I just sat in the two. Cause again, I was like, right, no one can come near me. And I had about three bags and I plopped them on the chair next to me. So I was like, tucked in, like, you know, perfectly fine. Anyway, the next stop, your man got off. So it was actually just me on the train. And I was like, that's all grand. And about 10 minutes later, the guy who originally approached me came in. And I immediately, I was like, oh God, I don't feel well, but forget it. And he sat to my right, not in my chairs, but to the other side of the aisle. And I, his eyes were boring into me. Like he was staring at me. And again, I was like, not bothering me. I can just look out the window. Like I can ignore that. And then he tried to attempt conversation a few times. At this point, I was like, okay, fuck being rude. Like, I don't care anymore. I'm going to be rude. So I started like staring out the window, really ignoring him. He kept on trying to shout. So I turned around at one point and I said, I'm on my phone. Like, I'm not listening to you and continue to ignore him. And then I was getting pretty close to Chamor. I'd say I was about 40 minutes away. And he gets up and he takes my bag off the chair and he sits down next to me. And at this point, I was really, really freaking out. And he actually pulled one of my headphones out. And he was like, what to you? And I was like, no. And um, then I text my sister. I was like, can you phone me right now? Because I started freaking out. I text my boyfriend, will you phone me in a minute? You know the usual stuff, like you do. So they were on the phone to me. That was grand. He wasn't talking to me. But I was like, can you just stay on the phone for a sec? Everything I feel like us girls are trained to do immediately, like get someone on the phone with you, etc. And that was grand until he started. He was just really really strange he kind of started grazing against me at first and then he handed me over his phone number he was like you're gonna phone me tonight or whatever and I was like oh my god this is getting worse and I was like right I'm gonna get up in a second and the next minute he just leans across me and like grabs my knee and like pulls me in towards him so I was like my heart was literally like oh my god I'm going to vomit so I hopped up I literally grabbed my stuff and I screamed at him I was like fucking move and at this point we we're coming into Waterford station so I legged it out the train legged it into the bathroom the girls bathroom and I stayed there for a good 45 minutes and I could watch because he was pacing up and down the little station it's only a tiny station and then I watched him leave and I watched him go all the way over the bridge 
at this point I was still like having a panic attack but I was like right like he is so far gone and grand I can leave now so off I went on my merry way I was like everything's fine now walked over the bridge was walking to my next destination and the next minute he just comes flying around the corner and like literally starts like pelting it after me and at that point I started running I was like what the fuck is going to happen here because it was still like a quiet enough part of town and I legged it into I don't know was the vintage factory just watered or is that all over Ireland but anyway it was a vintage factory and it's a tiny little shop and it was just one girl behind the counter and I just started hysterically crying and I remember she grabbed me and she was like you need to tell me what's going on and I was like this man has followed me like I'm really scared he tried to like grab me into him and stuff um and I just remember like her kindness she was the only one in the shop and she was like okay you're gonna stay here if anyone comes in pretend you're the owner she was like I'm gonna go sort this out and she like ran out um, and at that point when he saw her he started running away and she ran into a few other shops and got some men who worked there out and anyway long story short they chased him away and I phoned the guards and everything but I'll never like forget that feeling of like being on the train and in between like I'm so scared for this situation right now if I react in a certain way I'm gonna make the situation so much worse so it was just, it was such a bizarre and I've been in so many situations with men where I'm like oh this is gross this is pervy but that one I was like I am so trapped here and I'm so scared that if I aggravate him or if I get up to leave or anything like that he's going to grab me or do something much worse and it's just it's crazy yeah that's so weird because like we're always taught like don't make them angry like don't say anything that could rile them up but like what else are you supposed to do in that situation are you supposed to say oh thanks for squeezing my leg like you know yeah did anything come of the guards could they do anything they did look for him because when I told the guards they were like oh my god that is so bad um and they could hear the fear of my voice so they did look for him they didn't know and there was no way tracing him um the phone number he gave me I handed over to them nothing came of it um but like it was just like I said like I've been in so many nightclubs where your ass is grabbed your tits are grabbed or you're slapped or something and I think that's so conditioned into my brain to be normal that I'm just like oh once again but this is a situation where I was like oh my god I like I like it could have been a Sarah Everett situation like you don't know who's following you or what that person might do because you just don't know yeah yeah because I remember when I thought about doing this podcast I was asking like my friends from home I was like do you guys you know have any stories or anything and they were like yeah like we do have stories we just can't remember them and I was like you know is that almost like we just didn't think at the time that it was a bad thing or it's like it should not be normal but it just is like even like Caitlin was saying like it's insane that we grow up kind of just brushing off like I know like when you're at discos or whatever when you're younger and the first few times you have like a hand go up your skirt or like someone kind of grab you from behind the first few times you're like you know it is really frightening but you get used to it like as crazy as that sounds like you do kind of not that you ever get used to it or you ever welcome it but you you get to a point where you just kind of ignore it because you're like what can I do anyway like if someone does it you you brush them off and be forget about it then because that's just something that happens yeah like I don't think there's been one time in a nightclub where that hasn't happened even when I'm out in nightclubs I've been like I've had bouncers come up and give out to me when I've like I I'm technically I'm quite aggressive when it comes to boys if they come and they start dancing like you know when a lad is dancing against you and he clearly wants your attention and he's kind of pushing you I I pushed back in a few nightclubs before and the bouncers have come up to me and told me that I'll have to get out if I keep doing it when I'm only making them leave my like my little zone 
I'm not the one that instigated anything. I'm just trying to get them away from me. Like, even if you say to them, like, this lad's been feeling me up, they're just like, we don't care. You're the one pushing them. But I'm like, I just want them to get away from me. Like, they just don't care. They just don't listen to you. Yeah, like, that reminds me of something that happened to me when I was uh, two or three years ago. I can't remember any of you were there. Well, you weren't there at the time, but it was the night we went to... Galway for the Christmas market thing we had just come out of one of the nightclubs and we were in Supermax and Air Square and like obviously everyone knows Supermax and Air Square can be really 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 busy after night out and it was a Saturday night so you kind of expect it to be a little bit packed but I was ordering food at the counter and I was standing at the counter and I know it shouldn't matter but I was like fully clothed like the, like my face was the only part of me that you could see it was the middle of winter it was freezing outside I was wearing a jumper tights boots like nothing revealing whatsoever and um I was ordering food and next thing this man came up behind me and like pressed his crotch into my back so I was kind of like right so I turned around and I was like could you like step back and there was plenty of space for him to step back he was young I'd say he was you know early 20s and he was surrounded by his friends so I turned around like can you please step back and they kind of just, you know all of his friends just kind of piped up going oh like uh, whatever so I turned back around and I continued ordering and he did it again. And I was like, please, please, like, please step back. I don't want to cause any problems. And his friends, I'd say there was 10 of them. They were all like roughly around the same age, started piping up again, like egging him on. So I was like, just breathe, like whatever, you're fine. Like I was on my own, like all of my friends were outside. I was on my own at the counter, surrounded by these lads who obviously wanted him to be doing what he was doing. So I turned back around and he did it again. And I kind of was like, right, get out of here. My food had arrived at that time. So I was like, right, I'm just going to leave. And, and when I turned around, they were all like, you know, calling me this, that, and the other. And I was like, right, just leave, just get out of there. And I went home and cried. <laughs> I just remember thinking, yeah, you like, would cry about yeah, it. I just remember thinking, like, I'm, there's one guy doing this. His 10 friends don't seem to see anything wrong with what he's doing and are egging him on to do it again and again and again after me asking three times for him to stop. And I just remember thinking, I was so frustrated. I was like, can anybody else see that this is not right? Like I was on my own, leave me alone. Like, don't touch me. Um, yeah. But that's not even that bad. But I just remember thinking like, no one, no one helped. I remember the only time I told you this story already, Lisa, the only time I did get aggressive was one night in Angel Lane. So first year of college, it was that long ago. <laughs> And the place was just packed and my friend was intoxicated. Like I've never seen her like this, like eyes closed, no use of her legs, like she was gone. So we obviously, me and another friend picked her up and we were like, right, we're bringing her out of here. And we were going down that little, I don't know, walkway part, uh, part to get to the stairs. And this like lad, he was a good bit taller, he was towering over us. He just like grabbed her around the waist and started trying to like kiss her on the face and stuff. And her head was rolling back like she was unconscious. And I was like, what the f are you doing? And so my other friend grabbed her and I shoved him back. And I was like, that is disgusting. And he proper slapped me across the face. <laughs> and on, I'm only laughing because it's such an absurd like moment I remember. Like I was literally so shocked. I was like, I was defending my friend who was not conscious. Uh, from this six foot something lad who like grabbed her and took her for his own and was like right she can't fight back I'm gonna you know kiss the face off this girl and when I pushed him away and like I'm like five two like I didn't shove him very hard he slapped me across the face and I was just so 
like I actually laugh about it because I'm like that is just so, so bizarre that, like... that even how did that happen like you know and there's nothing you can do I just left so oh yeah sometimes that's all you can do especially with like he this like grown man slapped you across the face like <laughs> yeah but that's it it's like do you fight back and risk like I was lucky it was just like a slap but like you could have broken my nose if you really wanted yeah. or do you just stay silent and let that happen to your friend you know Erin you have a small yeah. story for us <laughs> Um, when I moved to Limerick, I moved to Brunigrudon. So just that's just for reference. It's about a 15 minute walk. And I'm the worst. I, I everyone knows this about me. I will walk home no matter what. I am yeah, terrible for it. You're terrible for it. I'm always giving out to you. You are very <laughs> bad. To me, I have had so many people just be like, get a taxi, get a bus, just stop walking home. But in my brain, when I moved in to Brunigrudon, I was told you can get the bus. The bus in Limerick, if you miss it, you're waiting an hour you're 40 minutes in traffic and it's two euro and I'm like okay I'll just walk and Bruno Brunon isn't exactly down like a straight a side street it's a family estate I'm never I never thought to be, to be worried about this and then I think it probably was about 11 12 one night I was walking home and it was pretty quiet I can remember thinking okay headphones out concentrate on what you're doing don't be stupid here and there was two lads and they were absolutely, their minds drunk. And I just got to like the roundabout by supermarkets. And they kind of were laughing and they just told me to stop. And I was like ignoring them. I had my headphones in, but I didn't have them on. I was just to, to look busy. And um, this guy was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going home. Like, what do you want? Like, do you need something? Do you need to call someone? His friend was like falling over the place. And then I laugh about this now because like, I don't know how else to react to it. His friend like went like this and then put his head down like a bull and ran at me. And I was like, what is going on here? And then he started giggling and he was like, well, I'm hardly going to ride you. And then he spat at me. And I was like, and I kind of looked at him and I was like, what, what is wrong with you? Like, I didn't, I didn't know what to do because like I could cry. I could like run away. I could scream. What, what route do you go down here? And his friend was like, come on, we have to go. And I was like, can you like not do that to other people? And I just, I just went home and like, it took me about five or 10 minutes to kind of realize that like these, these two, like I'm not tall either, I'm about five four. These two really tall lads who definitely could have just like pushed me into the side of a bush, they could have done anything to me. We're just like, so it, it's not even that it was very like overtly sexual. It was just so scary at the time and, and just weird. Like, why would you spit at someone? just walking home like I wasn't going out I was coming home from college I think I can't really remember it was I don't think it was that late at night and I was just like okay and then for like ages after that like when I was walking home I would always have keys like between my hand like I don't know how much use that has but like you can have pepper spray so I had like a small bottle of deodorant like you know me I always bring deodorant wherever I go so um those were like my self-defense things because I'm useless that like if I wanted to punch someone there is no swing in my arm like that's not gonna work but yeah, like I never thought that I would have to be scared. But like around that part of UL, there's always, even in the daytime, there's always lads who just be beeping the horn or roaring out the windows or like, it doesn't even matter if you look like the worst state in the world. They'll be straight up leaning out the window, roaring at you. Like they just don't care what you look like, who you are. If you've long hair, they're roaring at you. Like I was going to say, like, I think a lot of the time it's not even like, like it's sexually motivated. It's just like, but like the whole boys being boys thing like you know you grow up in school and boys are the messers and they're the guards trying to get a laugh out of the class and it's just like when you grow up I feel like you expect that to change but it doesn't but it's just the ways of it kind of change like they're just 
kind of trying to get a laugh out of the other lads like oh let's make a joke of her let's like you know shout at her or whatever and it's just like this whole like bravado act like but you know how much would they like it if that happened to their girlfriend or their sister or their mother yeah. or something like it's yeah just, like that what happened to you Erin it's just it literally just, what they saw in that yeah. situation was do I ride or don't I ride it's literally like you are nothing more than something I can have sex with yeah, yeah. and that's be on your way then yeah. yeah, and spitting at someone is just the height of ignorance. Oh yeah. my God, it was so just bad. the rudeness. I hate spitting. Is my one pet peeve. If when anyone does that, my same. I hate it. Down in my estimation, and it was like when he spat at me, I was instantly taken aback. I was like, like hardly. You did not just do that. Like I was in disbelief, and I think that's why I didn't react in any way. I just was kind of like, don't do that. Like I didn't do anything else. Like usually, I'm like I have said it. I'm. I do stand up for myself in most situations, but at that point in my life, I was how just so stunned. Like, uh, I was just like, where do I go from here? What do I do? Like, how do I process this and get out of this situation in as fast as possible? Like, I'm actually just talking about this has actually reminded me of um, I was at it first like I don't know, like two years ago, and it was like at one of my friends' houses, like in America, out the back. And um, there was this guy who I didn't know, but like he was there, like he knew the person who's 21st it was, but he was a good bit older than us. And for the whole night he kept going around and he wasn't even like just smacking girls' bums or whatever. He was more like just like cupping them. Like he'd go around and just like put his hand on you and just like leave it there for a second. And everyone kept brushing off. And like the first few times it happened to me, I was like certain that I hadn't discussed it with anyone. So I was like, okay, it was pretty crowded in there. I was like, maybe it was just like an accident, whatever. And then, like we were all there again in the morning like went on into the early hours in the morning and the same thing kept happening and I realized when I was talking to the other girls they were like does he keep doing that to you and we all realized it was the same thing and like the last time he did it I just completely snapped and my friend's dad happened to be there at the time and he came over to me afterwards and was like is everything okay and I was like yeah just like he keeps doing this to all of us like all night but he ended up leaving after me saying whatever to him because I think he was more just like a blow-in like someone who just heard there was a party and kind of showed up but um I remember even that night being like some of the boys like who I'd be friends with like it wasn't that they don't care about us or anything but none of them even wanted to get involved in it because they they kind of they thought it was weird but they also seen the humor because they were like oh he's harmless anyway like he won't do anything so we're all here but I was like that's completely besides the point like it was just so mm. wrong yeah like he's taken so many liberties by going up and grabbing your ass like I just don't understand what goes through their heads because don't you like you wouldn't go do you know what I'm gonna do tonight I'm gonna grab all their arses like like but also like where do you get like your kicks from that like is in like what is wrong with you like do you know going up just it's just so I just think it's so bizarre I can't like yeah. usually I try put myself in you know other people's shoes and stuff but I can't see any sense to that I just think it's so strange and I think it's actually really pathetic if you have to go around grabbing strangers arses like you can't pull a bird yourself apparently <laughs> it actually reminds me of when we were in Malta on Erasmus we were in I can't remember the name of the nightclub but it was packed do you remember and it was just manic but like no matter how crowded a place is does not excuse what this lad did so we were all dancing in a circle like good crowd of us maybe 15 of us and this guy came up behind me and was kind of dancing and I noticed him but I just took I didn't take any heed to him because like, you know, it was crowded, like whatever. But I was wearing ripped jeans and they were quite ripped in that portion of my leg. But this guy, after maybe about 10 minutes of hanging around behind me, took his hand, put it inside the rip of my jeans and tried to grab my crotch. 
And I remember going, is he taking the, I was like, what is going on? So I grabbed his hand and I kind of gave him a jostle out of the way. I was like, get away from me, like don't touch me. I remember turning around to everyone and being like, did anyone else see that or was I dreaming or did that actually happen? But um, I remember waking up in the morning and going, oh my God, that actually happened. That's the thing. You go through your night then, it's literally a second and you're like, oh my God, get the fuck away from me. And then you just go on with your night. But if you were like, can you like, can you imagine all the girls who get touched up in a nightclub on a night out and just go about just their brush business? brush it off, like, like, yeah. Cause I remember waking up and being like, God, like that was really weird. Like, but thinking oh back, like God. that was really weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he went so to significant lengths to get his hand in there. Like, do you know what I mean? I think we just learned to excuse it. Just like brush it off. Like we're taught don't cause a scene cause you're known as dramatic. Like I know whenever I do call lads out on it, I'm called dramatic and I'm just like known as a hassle. Like it's not, it's not that you even, yeah, it's not even that you'd be doing anything. You just like, don't do that. And instantly you're called dramatic for the rest of your life. Like I was in secondary school and the same thing, Caitlin happened. We were at a youth club disco, like your friend, one of my friends was gone and we were we were we were underage I, I can't I probably say that now but um she was falling all over the place and this guy who we were in school with and I was in school with for five years would not stop and she t- she kept telling me she was like if I get drunk he's gonna make a pass at me I know he is and she proceeded to get drunk and I was like on high alert and me and him hated each other and he came over to her and he was like way taller than me and just like kind of like a rugby player build like huge and I was like, I am not, like, there's no way I'm going to be able to, like, take this lad on if I have to. But I was like, just leave us alone. Just, like, she needs five minutes. We're going to give her a glass of water. Just leave us alone. He was like, no, we're going home together and all this. And I was like, we were about 16, like, chill out. For finishing, and she gave him a slap across the face. But when I was in secondary school, everyone was like, oh, you're so dramatic. He wasn't going to do anything. And I'm like, I don't know that at the time. This is a youth club disco. This is hardly, like, well, like what are you doing, like? Like, I don't think my friend even remembered it at the, after it. Like, she just was kind of like, oh, right, yeah. Like, I told you it was going to happen. And, like, no one was like, oh, it's a big deal. It was just like, oh, it happened. Like, Anya, you also have a story that happened recently, actually. Uh, so this happened a few weeks ago. I work in a shop in town. And obviously, with COVID, like, retail stores are closed. Like, it's like a clothing shop. So, so I go in in the evening sometimes um, like when I'm finished college and stuff to take stock and prepare stuff for you know sending off online so I was in the shop all by myself and it's in like a fairly busy area of Limerick City like and um, but obviously everything's close so there's not that many people around and it was dark it was like I'd say it was like seven maybe half seven or something and I was in the shop by myself and the next thing I hear like this like banging at the window and like it's like the big like double doors like the glass windows and I, like to be honest I can't even tell you fully like what these people look like because I just was trying to put my head down and pretend like I didn't hear them because I luckily enough did have my headphones in at the time so like I could pass it off like I couldn't hear them but like I was trying to look at the corner of my eye like from behind the clothing racks and stuff and there was just like these young lads there was like I'd say like three or four of them maybe like I'd say probably like 16 17 like maybe 18 and they were shouting in and I couldn't fully hear everything they were saying but they were like talking amongst themselves and they were like just going on about like how I look and stuff and they just kept shouting in they were like like gorgeous like how are you getting on and all this and like I was just like putting my head down pretending like I didn't hear like I don't I didn't hear everything they said to be honest but they were there for a good few minutes and like I hadn't finished I hadn't even finished everything I needed to do but I was just so like flustered by it because you know you, you just don't really know and like those streets are really quiet and I, d- I just didn't want to be there any longer so the minute they 
I heard them kind of leave I just like kind of packed up everything in the shop as quickly as I could and locked up because I just wanted to get out of there because I was just so rattled by it and I actually rang Lisa straight afterwards because I was just like oh my god I'm so freaked out by this because I just get really rattled by those kind of things and it just kind of I don't know it just kind of scared me because nothing like that had happened in a while especially because I was like in this shop all by myself and the streets were really quiet and it was getting dark I was just like oh my god I, I don't really know like you know what's going to happen here like um but I don't know some people might you know hear that and just be like oh it's only young lads having a bit of crack but like you know when it's you and you're in the moment and you mm. just never know and then you hear all these stories about you know cases like Sarah Everard and stuff and like you just don't know like it could be you like you know that's and I, I hate when people pass it off as oh that's just young lads because the like how you felt in that situation is so uncomfortable and your heart does start racing and immediately you're like okay if I leave the shop are they gonna be out there what if they follow me what if and like they, it, nothing might come from it but sometimes something does come of it which is even scarier yeah, you know? yeah. I just think like as innocent as it might have seemed to even the lads that were like banging on the window and shouting inside like it's so scary to the person who's you know experiencing that like if that happened to me I'd be you know shitting it what the, you don't know who these people are you don't know what they're like you don't know what they're capable of and as much self-defense as we as women can do if a six foot four man comes at us there's really not much that we can do like five six I weigh about 50 kg like there's I have no muscle on me like if someone came at me like the, the most I could do is probably kick them in the balls and hope for the best yeah a hundred percent like you even mm. know me like I will not get in taxis by myself I just have this thing like I get so freaked out but like for me I always think in my head like you know let's say if I was coming home from a night out or something I needed to get a taxi by myself realistically if I got into a taxi with someone and you know I'm sitting in the taxi and we're driving wherever if they decide to like lock the doors and drive somewhere else what can I really do in that situation like it, like it's such a scary thought to think like and I you know I'm not like trying to instill fear in anyone who's like listening to this but like the reality is like what could you actually do if you're locked in this car with a complete stranger it's I just think I find that so frightening because I feel like you know even though I might be like you know mentally strong and stuff like I can admit I'm not physically strong like I could not defend myself confidently against you know a grown man or something like I just I don't know mm. what I would do like really being yeah. honest I really don't but it's yeah. also like I mean I know the Anna Kriegel case is very extreme circumstance but they were very young lads and just a young girl you would never or at least a lot of people would pass it and think oh if they're making these comments they're lads but you don't know what intentions boys have and a girl is just not strong enough to overpower a lad 99% of the time it's just not possible yeah yeah and, and like, as much as you could say as much as you could say like go get a taxi like there's been so many cases of taxi drivers being weird like you know taxi yeah. drivers like if you sit in the front they might like feel your leg or they might be asking you weird questions and I read a story about a girl who got in a taxi and it was 3 a.m and she whatever he started saying like weird things to her um now I don't know where she's from but I just saw it on Twitter and um he like tried to grab her she was like no no please stop like he kicked her out of the taxi at 3 a.m what else are you supposed to do then like you're you know, all you all you have to do is walk home and hope for the best because you never know what could happen yeah and so many people have stories about taxis as well like that's what like kind of frightens me like because they're actually extremely common those kind of stories like you know Limerick Galway all the you know kind of college spots like 
everyone I don't know anyone who doesn't have a story like from around there like yeah which is really and like it's not like getting a taxi isn't an opt-out like you know it's just as dangerous almost as walking home at night yeah yeah and like myself like I get the train to Limerick and on a Sunday evening I don't finish work till late so I don't get the train until like I think it's 20 to 8 and in the winter time I get in at like half eight quarter to nine it's pitch black and obviously during the pandemic the streets are empty like there's no one in Limerick City so I have to walk the train station down to Superdrug which is a good like five or six blocks um, because there's no bus station around bus stop around the train station to just hop on a bus and go to where I need to go then I get down there I have to wait 20 minutes for the next bus and usually there's not a sinner at the bus stop it's pitch black none of the shops are open so I just have to stand there and hope that no one comes at me and like you'd, you'd obviously have like drunks that would like walk by and they'd be talking to themselves or they'd be trying to talk to me and you just kind of have to hold your breath and hope that they don't attack do you know what I mean but yeah what kind of scares me as well though is that like we all have had our stories but the common thing is is that in our mind all the time is what can we do to defend ourselves if something happens like I don't know a single guy that would ever think twice about walking home would ever think twice about getting into a taxi. I don't know a single, even boy, like lad, who would ever second guess walking home at night or anything like that. Like they might know the stranger danger, don't do this because you might get hurt thing, but they would never think if I'm going this way, if I'm doing this, how can I possibly get out of a situation that might happen? Like women constantly Yeah, when I used to be walking, every, I remember always when I was younger, when I was walking anywhere near houses, I'd always be clocking okay that house has a gate that would take me a minute to open if someone tried to grab me that house doesn't have a gate I could run through the bushes and run to their house like all the time like thinking the quickest yeah I actually always think like that too like I'm always like evaluating like assessing like situations like you just never know Mm -hmm. like even when I'm in the shop like I would never like you know leave the door open or anything like even if I knew let's say like that my boss or something was coming in like you know 20 or 30 minutes after me I would still always lock the door because I would just never want to leave that chance there that someone could come in or something even though I know it probably sounds silly especially if it's like broad daylight and I'm in the shop on like a busy enough street or whatever I would still never take the chance because you literally never know like you never know and I'd just rather be safe than sorry yeah so what advice would you have for men who like want to like change the way things are? I personally feel the power of conversation and not like it really, really bothers me. Like I've had so many people say to me before, like, oh, like feminist shit. Like, why are you such like a man hater? I'm like, I'm not like I just if you can if you're up for this conversation about how women are at risk and it is because of men and you're you're helping and it's so powerful just a few words or a tweet or just any show of support is so powerful because also a big issue is like a group of lads friends and there's always at least one or two who gropes a girl on a night out or who's always like oh you know like jack over there is a bit touchy-feely with the girls and it's such a it's just brushed over but like if you turn around and had a conversation said actually that's mm, a bit weird that would just speak millions you know I agree I think like the main piece of advice I would give is like you know being disrespectful to girls it is not cool like it's not a tool to like impress your friends like I just think that boys need to kind of come around to realizing that because I think as well that it's just like it's just like almost drilled into like it's almost a part of like 
I don't know like the culture of like being a guy or something that you're just you know, you're constantly bragging about getting with a girl or like bragging about trying to get with a girl or it's you know it's like all this stuff that you do to impress your friends like or like these other lads and I think a lot of the time they don't even realize what they're doing is so wrong or just so bizarre that like you feel like you know oh I'm gonna go up and like smack this girl's arse to get a laugh out of the lads like did you see that like that was hilarious or whatever or like she's unreal I'm gonna go over and like you know annoy her like or make her feel uncomfortable and like it's nearly further in the group kind of laugh along to that or like you know jeer that on and I just think that for boys, I think if they actually stopped and thought about what they are doing for a second, they'd realize, oh, my God, like, this is so bad. Or like, this is actually just so embarrassing, like, because I just think it's so embarrassing as well. Like, because even when I see like some of my friends and they'd be like talking about girls or whatever, um, like just people I know. And even just like the language they use when they're talking about girls, it's like, I know you actually like her. So why are you, you know, talking about her in that way just to kind of impress the lads there to play cool? Like, how is that cool? I just think yeah. that would be my biggest piece of advice like actually sit down and have a look at like how you actually talk about girls how you treat girls and I think they'd realize then that it's just not okay yeah I always think like what would your mother think if she heard you talking about this like if she heard what you were saying or if she saw what you were doing like she would not be impressed <laughs> do you know what I mean no. and I just think think about what you're saying and you know would you like this said to you or would you like someone talking about you like this like obviously not and I feel like there's always a conversation of like oh lads are just so like sexually driven it's like actually girls are really sexual too but it's just because we don't go out and grope people on the dance floor that you don't see it like we know basic human respect I don't know (laughs) yeah I I think honestly I would say to lads to stop taking it personally it's like whenever like people say not all men it's because they think that we're talking about them. Like we might be talking about them. They could be the ones that are doing it. But it seems to me when you see these conversations, they just say, it's not all of us, but we're not talking about all of you. We don't know who's doing it, but but you might, and you're not doing anything about it. You're not calling your friends out. You're not speaking to your friends and you're just glossing over it. And then you always see them throwing it back like, when these situations happen and people say these statistics are there men's rights are almost a retort they're just thrown against what's going on at the time it's like it might not be all men but it's almost all girls do you know what I mean that's where you have your problem and to throw it back and say oh but like men are scared too yeah you're scared of other men so the common denominator here is men are a problem (laughs) yeah um it's just they Um, take it very sensitively as well as rejection like when whenever you say no like you're taught not you're taught to say it in a nice way because you can't hurt their feelings because they're sensitive if someone doesn't want to get with you but you make it into a big thing like oh she rejected me like it's not that big a deal yeah I think I actually read this um oh sorry I was gonna say I seen this um post the last day that I thought was like it like really struck me that I can't remember exactly how it was worded but it was basically you probably seen it but it was basically saying that like the easiest way for me to get a boy to stop um you know harassing me on a night out or trying to get with me is by saying I have a boyfriend even if that's not true and like oh, yeah. the point was it was like you you respect a boy you've never met more than the girl in front of you like as in a boy would leave you alone if they thought you had a boyfriend instead of just leaving you alone because you asked yeah. like oh that's my go-to same. <laughs> no. Oh, I have a boyfriend. Sorry, and that's mm-hmm. literally one one of the 
ways that have 100% works is, you know, they back off then like. Um, but it's just crazy that that's the reality of it. Like you have to, you, you have to say that. They, like say, I don't even, want You can't even just say, no, I don't want to. Like, no. Yeah, exactly. And even as Aaron was saying, like you have to let them down easy for fear that they'll take it badly, fear that they might get aggressive um because it's happened before like you know even for me like you kind of say no and they kind of be like oh like why won't you uh and then they get frustrated mm-hmm. and it's so awkward when they get frustrated because you really just don't know how they're going to you know turn okay uh there's question. so much you could say oh so much we could go on forever <laughs> it's a never-ending <laughs> conversation honestly literally so you final question is do you think that things will change um <laughs> I um, I'd like to say yes, but I don't think I am going to say yes because there's like even we re- we read up a lot about this in sociology. There's just this whole thing about girls and women is that like so highly sexualized and like you're how desirable you are to other people and to men specifically. And I think that is a whole like systematical thing that will take years and years to break down. And until like we are we are seen as people and not just objects that are there as your desire I don't think that will ever go away yeah it kind of reminds me of trophy culture in that like they pride themselves Mm. in how many girls they have I'm the same in that I don't think that it's going to change anytime soon because there's a massive education problem that Mm -hmm. they're just not taught about consent and they're not taught that you know girls are human (laughs) first of all and that they can say no and you don't you don't have to take it all that bad I don't know I don't think it's going to change ever I in the next few years anyway I just don't like as long as lads kind of they just deflect and move on and they don't have these conversations like like the fact that you have whenever you ask who's been through this stuff it'll always be women saying they have and men denying that women have the amount of men that'll be like proof prove it prove this prove that you have to have like how can I prove that this lad's come up to me and spat at me or touched me or done anything? Like, you can't prove that. But lads are always so quick to just say, didn't happen. Like, this never happened. Deny everything, pretend it never happened. Until they actually learn to face that these things are actually happening and accept that these facts aren't just women trying to be, like, anti-men. It's not that. That's not what we're actually doing. Until they accept that, it's never going to change, I feel. Thank you for listening to the Limerick Voice podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for more because when Limerick speaks, we listen.